Side Hustle Show 65, how to reverse engineer your blog to get clients and go from $40 an hour to $400 an hour. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 65, how to reverse engineer your blog to get clients and go from $40 an hour to $400 an hour. My guest is Karina Gordon-Barnes. Awesome show for you today. Uh, you're going to learn the specific formula Karina uses to build her business through blogging and a ton of other juicy tidbits, including how she 10 x her hourly rate over just a few short years. I've put together a detailed PDF with all my notes you can download for free at SideHustleNation.com slash episode 65. Uh, Karina and I initially connected through, her, uh, through the Work Smarter book launch. She was one of the 500 plus entrepreneurs cited as a contributor. Her resource, if you're curious, was RSI Guard. It's an award-winning desktop ergonomic software uh, that reduces repetitive strain injuries, like carpal tunnel. That was a unique. Uh, that was a unique submission. So, um, anyways, a couple quick announcements before we get into it. Um, I do have a winner for the lifestyle entrepreneur uh, book giveaway from our episode with Jesse Krieger. Uh, Cam Salisbury was the winner, and thank you to everyone who entered. Karen. Uh, Ryan, Mark, Crystal, Dominic, Tanisha, uh, Jordan, Chris, Bob. Loved seeing all your comments, all your uh, your takeaways from that episode. Really glad to um, to be able to share some value and, and glad that you got some value from that call. Um, and the other thing is I'm testing out SpeakPipe, so you can now leave me a voicemail at SideHustleNation.com. It should be a little... Um, you know, floating thing in the sidebar that'll say, hey, leave, leave a voicemail. Uh, so test it out, ask a question. Who knows, maybe I'll play it on an upcoming episode. Uh, curious to see if anyone uses that thing. So uh, with that, let's get down to business with Karina. Hey, Karina, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thank you for having me, Nick. Great to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. Karina is uh, a certified professional co-active coach. She's worked with more than 100 coaching clients since 2005, and she's the author of Turn Your Passion to Profit, a step-by-step guide to getting your business off the ground. You can learn more about her at youinspireme.co.uk. Now, Karina, you describe yourself as an accidental entrepreneur. What does that mean? (laughs) So I wasn't the kind of kid at school who was like, right, I want to run my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. I never had that kind of yearning at all. I just thought I was going to get a job and maybe, you know, do well. But what I found was I had such a low tolerance for jobs that just didn't feed my soul. So what I found was I actually just quit my job. I was a teacher. I trained as a teacher and I just quit my job. Wasn't the first time I'd quit a job. I quit my job not knowing what I was going to do next. And it just so happened that from a conversation with a woman about, oh, my daughter needs some home tutoring, I ended up going along to her house, um, walking away from a two-hour really enjoyable session of teaching English to this 16-year-old girl, walking away with this check in my hand going, oh, well, that was easy. Like, well, it, well, back it up, back it up. You quit your job without any sort of backup plan. Aren't you worried about how you're going to pay your rent? Like, What's going through your mind at that point? Yeah, I just thought, you know, I'll always find a way of making money. I'm one of these people who's always done lots of different jobs. 
um, traveled, done a job here, quit a job, something else has emerged in the space. And I think that's what I found that when you quit things that aren't working, you open up that space for something that you actually really do want to do that you don't necessarily even know when you're stuck in that job. So this is what I did again. I thought, you know what, if I don't find anything to do, then I'll, you know, I'll get a job in the supermarket if I need to to pay my rent. You know, <laughs> it's very that's very brave, and that's um, I'm I'm impressed by that. But I I, I kind of like it on the on the flip side. Like, hey, once you free up that forty hours a week, or however much time you're putting in, like this whole new world of opportunity opens up to you. So I think that's powerful as well. So so yeah. you landed the you you landed your first tutoring client, you know, right out of the gate. And this is yep. this is a light bulb moment. Hey, somebody is paying me for something that I know or paying me for some skill that I have. Yeah, they're paying me to do what I'm interested in, what I'm an expert in. There was no, you know, there was no job description that I kind of applied for. It was just a, literally a conversation like, hey, should we maybe do this? Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. And then there was I with this check in my hand. And then she kept hiring me to work with her daughter every week. Okay. And then, of course, people have friends. So she had friends. They had kids started working for them and then started doing uh, group workshops. So this has kind of been a trend for me. You start working with one-to-one and then find that, that actually you can leverage your time better or at least differently by, by bringing groups together to share your passions. Okay. So I, I did that for quite a while. You know, I was just tutoring, tutoring in English, doing drama workshops. And then I decided to train as a coach. So I had life coaching myself when, oh, this is good. I could do this and decided that all the English and drama work that I was doing with kids, what I really got excited about was helping them find out who they were, help them make more empowered decisions in their life. And I was like, I don't need Shakespeare and Chaucer to be able to do that. I can just train as a coach and ask them powerful questions. And so I trained as a coach and then started coaching the teenagers rather than teaching them English. What was the what was the training process and investment like for for you to become a certified coach? So I trained with CTI. It was a six month in person training just at weekends, um, once a month at weekends, and then there was a further six month certification program after that. That was telecalls, uh, group assignments, homework, written assignments, uh, practice. You know, you had to have your your calls recorded and then supervised. So your supervisor was giving you feedback about how you were doing with the coaching. Okay. So it was, it was all, all that bit was virtual and all the in-person bit was in London. Okay. Okay. And what was the like tuition cost to get that um, certification? It was about, I think it was all together about three or 4,000 pounds. Okay. Oh, do you know what? It was three or 4,000 pounds for the initial training. And then it was another three or 4,000 pounds for the certification. So in dollars, maybe five grand for each. Okay, I'm like trying to find the pound sign on my keyboard. Like this is not, it's not working. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. All together from start to finish, about ten thousand dollars, I reckon. Okay, so um, it's a pretty, pretty significant investment um, in kind of the personal, you know, in personal education, in, in being able to call yourself a, a certified coach. Now, what was the process like? Uh, after after getting that badge of approval to, to landing clients, is this something that clients were necessarily looking for? Are they like, well, is she certified? Like, let's make sure this is she's official. Mm-hmm. No, it was the opposite. So I actually got clients straight away. So after that very first weekend, I'd actually had uh, lunch with a friend just before doing the first training, and she said, "I will become your first paying client." 
I was like, no, no, you're my friend. I can't take money. She's like, no, I will become your first paying client. Because she, you know, she knew I was going to be good, I think. Okay. She, she was going to get a good deal because I was going to be charging her like a training rate. So sure, when sure. I finished that very first weekend, and you know, it's a deep um, experiential weekend. It's not like sitting there with textbooks. You're, you're there really doing the coaching and being coached. I came out of that like, sure, I'm going to practice with her. So she came on knowing that I was going to be practicing. I was going to be making a whole lot of mistakes, but she'd get something just from having a person who'd listened. You know, this is the thing with coaching, just having someone who listens to you and asks you open, powerful questions, even without any further training, a coach can do a lot of benefit just from that because it's not the kind of conversations we normally have. Okay. Was there any, I was going to ask if there was any particular focus of the coaching, just general life coaching, because um, we've had on the show in the past, like a, an online dating coach, which is, I didn't even know was a thing, <laughs> like some really interesting um, different niches. Yeah. I mean, now it's marketing. So I, I coach people in the marketing and business side Okay. and um, all the things that go with that, like fear of visibility, um, not knowing your niche, those kind of things. Back then with her, it was general um, wanting to get her career as an actress on track. Um, issues, just general issues to do with her living situation, her family, friends. You know, it was it was good general life coaching. Okay, as someone without necessarily a a background in acting, what I guess how. <laughs> how how do I phrase this without sounding mean? Like how how like what qualifies you to coach somebody on becoming an actress? Like if you haven't done that before? Yeah, so it's kind of different. What the work that I do now is more the mentoring side. So now I know like I know stuff about mentoring about about business and marketing. So that's what I'm I'm advising, I'm guiding, I'm suggesting to my clients based on my knowledge. Mm -hmm. When you're doing general life coaching, you really don't have answers. So rather than me being like, hey, so you should go for this audition, I'd be saying to her things like, um, what would be your ideal role? And how would you feel in that role? So open questions like that, that, that have her find her own answers. So I'm trained in the questions. Okay. And I trust that she, she has the answers if only someone would give her the space to think them through out loud. Okay. Okay. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense, and I, and I kind of like that because that goes back to what we were talking about before the call. Like, how old are you at this point? Uh, twenty five. <laughs> twenty five, right? It's like who's going to hire a twenty five year old life coach? Like, what could you possibly teach? Like, what do you know? But it's all about I, kind I, of. You know, I had I had clients in their sixties and seventies. Really, that's that's mm -hmm. fascinating. That's awesome. That's really really cool. And so I think that's uh, an important distinction to make um, for for anyone who's looking kind of at coaching as uh, as a potential side hustle you don't necessarily need to have, and I'm glad you kind of brought that up, you don't necessarily need to have this, you know, worldwide breadth of experience uh, to be able to do this. It's just a matter of kind of answer, or sorry, asking the right questions and kind of opening up your client's minds to what, what is possible, what could be. Yeah, and holding um, your clients accountable, that's a really big thing as a, as a general coach, um, that you are challenging your clients to take actions that they wouldn't normally take. So she might, my client might be talking about, oh, I might go to this audition and I would be saying, well, will you? And when will you? And when will you let me know? Okay. So it's that thing of having a, an accountability partner there for you who cares about what you say you're going to do and isn't going to look the other way if you come back the next week and say, oh, I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, you're going you're gonna to call them on it and say, hey, what happened? Let's talk about that. Right. 
If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, you, you said that most coaches actually don't make a living from coaching, which was surprising to me. So what are you, what are you doing differently or what, you know, how do you, how did you scale this up to be a profitable uh, business, like kind of uh, stand, standing alone? Yeah, most coaches don't make money because we don't learn the marketing side. So we go to an amazing coaching school like I did. We become brilliant coaches. We want to coach all day, every day. We want to coach everyone we can find. But if we're not also learning just good, solid marketing know-how, which I didn't have any knowledge of. You know, I was from the world of teaching and youth work and mm -hmm. travel management. No idea how to do marketing. Didn't know what email lists were. Didn't know what blogs were, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You know, all of that was not my world at all. And I just realized if I didn't learn that stuff, I just wasn't going to have, you know, I had a few clients just from word of mouth, but I wouldn't have enough clients to make it a sustainable business. So I subscribed to marketing newsletters and I started reading every single day. I had a you know a folder on my computer called marketing. And every single day I would read something about, at the time it was called e-zines. They weren't even called newsletters. They were called you know, e-zines, okay. like, like online magazines. So I would learn like, okay, this is what to put in an e-zine and this is how often to send it. And this is how to sell from an e-zine. So I was just a student. I was a really good student of marketing for many, many years. It, so, so you were sending out these newsletters to your existing clients, or but you said that kind of that base was pretty small. So how did it grow from there? Yeah, so then so I was starting to write these blogs, and so people would then send those blogs to their friends. So um, 
let's say, whatever the topic was, let's say it was about procrastination. Okay, so let's say Julie, who has been a client of mine, reads a really awesome piece that I've written about how to stop procrastinating. And she thinks, God, my friend Sheila really procrastinates. I'm going to send this <laughs> article to Sheila. And then she'd send it to Sheila, and then Sheila would come over, look at my blog. She would join my email list, and then my email list is starting to expand that way. Okay. And, and one by one, and you know, two by two and three by three, people generally started to come then over and liked a lot what I was saying, liked my writing style and my approach. Okay. And then those people, it's a, it was a little bit of a numbers game. Like the, the more people you can have reading, the more people you can have subscribing, and the more people eventually become clients. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And then I would do things like talks. I would do workshops. So each of them, you then, you'd get a group of people in the room. Those people would be joining my email list at the end of the day, at the end of the session. They'd be telling their friends, hey, you should go check her out. So it was a mixture of word of mouth, being in person in front of groups and doing the blogging newsletter stuff. Okay. On the blogging side, you know, was there any specific tactics or like, you know, call to action scripts or something that you would put at the end to encourage this kind of sharing? Here's my frustration with blogging. A lot of times it's like writing into a void and you maybe Mm. get, you know, one comment, two comments and you're just like, you know, is anybody even reading this? What's the point of this? And so I'm curious, like how, you know, how this was able to scale up for you. Well, I actually did a webinar recently called Three Reasons Why Nobody's <laughs> Reading Your Blog. <laughs> yeah, I should have tuned into that one. <laughs> and, it's, and it's exactly that, that feeling of speaking to, into the void. So the first thing is to know that your, your readers who you have on your next blog, find a way of capturing them so they stick around for the next blog. So an email list box that they leave their name and email, you tell them how often they're going to get to hear from you. And then the next time you write a blog, well, then you're sending it to maybe two more people, 10 more people. So each time you're building your numbers that way. Okay. And you blog consistently and regularly, and you blog about things that they actually really care about. So in the beginning, in the early, early days, I was interviewing people who were in what I call my tribe, you know, my community. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, what are your biggest challenges? What, what do you want? If you could wave a magic wand, what would you have answers about? And then I was blogging about those things. So they were so relevant. It wasn't just me thinking, oh, what do I want to blog about today? It was what do my community of prospective clients need to hear? Okay. And so I was giving them what they wanted. I was really empathizing with their situation. Let's say it was, I don't know, something to do with um, fear of visibility. That's a really big one. Um, so I would start the blog by describing that, wow, you know, it's so hard when you feel um, like you just don't want to be visible, like you want to hide your head beneath the parapet, you don't want to, you don't want anyone to know who you are. And the problem with that is that then no one's hiring you. So I would just start these blogs with really deep empathy for their challenge. Okay. And then I lead on into, okay, so here are some things that you could try. Here are some things that my clients do. Here are some things that I do. So I would then make the blog inherently valuable to them and then give them a really clear next step. So if this is you, if you fear visibility, join my next passion to profit course because we address that exact challenge. No, that's, that's a good little, um, that's no, that's a really good tactic. That's a good uh, psychology hack. Like, you know, get people saying, yes, do you agree with this? Are you, are you, you know, this person, Hey, she's speaking directly to me, you know? Yes, yes, yes. 
oh, you know, would you would you like to join my course or would you like to sign up for coaching? Hey, that's the natural progression. I think that um, that makes a lot of sense. Now, one thing that I think a lot of people will will get into, and we talked about this on the show before, is you know the blog itself. Is, is part of your marketing funnel. And you, you kind of mentioned this. It's, it's one piece of the puzzle. It's not a business on its own. Like maybe this drives new customers to you, but unless you have millions and millions of visitors, it's not going to generate revenue on its own. You've got to have some offering like your coaching service, like your courses behind, behind the blog to make it worthwhile. Um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the things in, in module three on the blog for clients course. So really early on, my question for all the participants is what are you selling? Because if you don't know what you're selling, then your blogs are just going to be kind of, I don't know, they're interesting, but they're not going to lead to clients. You reverse, I reverse engineer a blog. So what am I, what am I selling right now? So maybe it's the the passion to profit course. And then what is a challenge that someone who really should join the passion to profit course would be feeling? And then what is it that they need to know now? But I'm obviously not going to be able to give them, everything they need to know so they're going to need to join the course because that's the missing that's the missing piece there's no way that I could give the whole course in a blog post so it's not like an artificial holding back of information (laughs) you see it's it's just that you cannot give an entire 10-week course in a blog post right right do you have a guideline for a lot of people I think would have the fear of I don't want to give away my best stuff because then you know what do I hold what do I hold back like is there a rule that you apply for for what to share publicly and what to kind of hold behind the paywall I I hold back what is going to overwhelm the the reader so if I'm let's say someone's asked like the most recent blog I wrote was about why your free tips aren't enough you know like so many people on their website say hey sign up for my free tips but they're not getting many people signing up so the blog was giving, I, I'm, I can't remember now, but something like, you know, three ways that you could um, kind of improve that. I probably have 10 ways that you could improve that, or I could probably talk about that for two hours, but that's just going to overwhelm somebody. That's what they need to come and do the course for. But in that blog, I know I've got about 500, 700 words. It's going to take someone about five minutes to read it. So how can I get really bite-sized and really hone in on the tiniest nugget that I can possibly find, knowing that I'm going to be blogging for many years to come? So I don't need to shove it all into one post, you know? Okay. It's like yeah. just keep it really bite-sized and digestible for the reader so that they're not overwhelmed. That's a good counterpoint to kind of like the, you know, you need to be writing 2,500 word, like epic <laughs> novel length uh, blog post that, share, you know, shares it all. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's, there's, there's something to it. Hold a little bit something back and, um, and make some money from it. I like it. What was, uh, you know, we had in our notes to talk a little bit about uh, pricing before we get into kind of the, the courses and kind of scaling up the business. Um, what's, what's the theory on pricing? How much does a coaching session cost or how is this your service priced? So these days, if someone wants one-to-one, so it's kind of the, 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 the thing that I do the least, you know, I really want people to come do the courses because that's where they get the community of like-minded people to go through the whole full process with. And, you know, it's like a 10 week course. So you can't, um, just, you can't do as much obviously in one, one hour, mm-hmm. but if someone wants that one-to-one attention, um, my, my pricing is 250 pounds for that hour, okay. which is about maybe $400. Yeah, that's a nice, um, that's a nice hourly rate for sure. So that, you know, that involves um, them filling out a, a form. So they, they book the session, they fill out a form, which gives me some preliminary information. 
And so I spend maybe an hour or so before looking at their website, looking at their social media presence, um, if they have that. If they don't, then no worries. And then in the session, I know we'll generally do this one activity that I pretty much always do to start with with someone, which helps them get really clear on their niche, which whatever passion you're wanting to turn into a business, knowing knowing your ideal clients is going to be the first step. On the pricing, now obviously you didn't start out at 400 or, or 250 pounds an hour. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're like, I guess I run into some of the... Um, some of the, the, I guess, self-doubt, you could call it, like, what makes me, what gives me the right, like, who, who, who am I to charge $250 an hour? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what if I have that, you know, level of expertise, or, or can I deliver, that puts a lot of pressure on me to deliver $250 worth of, or 250 pounds worth of value to somebody mm. in, in that hour. And I, mm. I don't know, that's kind of intimidating. Yeah, as my, I mean, this is so over years. So this is now nine years, nine years that I've been doing this. Okay. So that first, that first sixteen-year-old girl that I was doing English tutoring with, I was charging twenty-five pounds an hour. Okay. So you know, it's gone up ten times. Right. <laughs> since then, but it's for quite different work. And what what is so interesting to me is that every time I've raised my prices, so my coaching it started off about that same kind of rate, um, maybe even a little bit less per month for clients. What, what I would do is I would raise the price every time I noticed that it just didn't sit right with me anymore. It was feeling tight. I was feeling resentful if someone booked at a low rate and I felt instinctively that it should be higher. Okay. And I started to feel that kind of, I wasn't loving my clients like I could have done because I felt like they weren't paying enough to, to have my full undevoted attention. Because when I was there giving them my full undevoted attention, you know, undivided att- attention, I couldn't be off doing something else like blogging or developing a course right and so I think- just over time the way I see it is like imagine imagine that you were a pregnant woman who you're wearing a waistband and you're just starting to feel it get tighter and then so you get a new pair of trousers and then the next time it starts getting tight you get a new pair and it's like that with pricing that you have to keep expanding your pricing when it feels tight to keep it as it is Okay. Oh, that makes sense. And, and kind of, obviously the, the 25 pound, um, an hour client is a completely different client than the 250 pound an hour client. And, and it sounds like that's where the introduction of the courses came in as an opportunity to scale up your business at, and offer a, an offering to some of the lower price tier people or make it, make it affordable for, for everybody else to get into. Yeah, I mean, it's not cheap to do a course. So, you know, it would be equivalent, like for the blogging course, it would be equivalent to having two one-to-one sessions. For the Passion to Profit course, it would be more like four one-to-one sessions. So, you know, we're not talking that it's less than having a one-to-one. It's just that they get they get um, six weeks or 10 weeks of full support from me. They get all their questions answered and they get the community. So it just made a lot more sense to me okay. to, to focus on that model and then still, you know, I love the one-to-one sessions that I do and they're really special because people come to them, maybe they've taken a course with me and they're like, I really want your one-to-one attention for a full hour. I want to just pick your brain about everything for a full hour. Okay, okay. And so there's really a place for that in in the business model. But if, you know, someone is um, kind of wanting the full the full package, then they would take a course. Do you, I mean, do, do you want to get technical and like, how do you, how do you create these courses? I'm kind of curious on like, are you, um, are you presenting like a video module? Are you doing like a PowerPoint voiceover? How, how is kind of, how are they structured? 
Yeah, so the two courses are different. The Passion to Profit course is audio modules, which have transcripts with them for people who would prefer to read and make notes. And that's a company. So we have a private learning site. Basically, my my tech genius guy who works with me, um, he designed a private learning site. So it's a forum. You know, it's an online learning. It's it's an online school, basically. Okay. Do you know what software or... or this is with this is with WordPress. This is a password a password protected WordPress site. Okay. That has a very similar looking design from my main site, but just uses the same template. And we've just changed up the header, expanded the main body of the site so that it takes up the, the full width. There's no sidebar for passion to profit. Okay. And is then the one of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, where do you start? And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business. And inside, you'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. That means whether you're just starting out or your side hustle is already growing like crazy, Squarespace takes all things website-related and makes them easy. I want to highlight a few Squarespace features for you. One I knew about and a couple I didn't. First off, where Squarespace really shines is this huge library of professional website templates. That means you're not starting from scratch because they've got designs for every category and use case that you can customize to fit your unique needs so your business stands out online. That was the thing I knew about. Second one was new to me, and that's their online store functionality. Whether you're selling physical or digital products or a service, Squarespace has got the tools you need to start selling online. And third is their email campaigns. They make it easy to collect email subscribers from your site and drive engagement and sales through Squarespace email campaigns, and you can track the results of every send with built-in analytics. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash side hustle to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash side hustle. Do you do the audio modules like drip out over the 10 weeks or is it like you can go in and like go crazy on day one and like go through the whole course? No, you can't go crazy. (laughs) You have to wait because, because it's not just the content. It's not a home study course. It's you you study from home, but the point is that you're doing it with others. You are learning with like-minded others and every module has in the community forum, um, section at the bottom, there are questions and actions. So the, the point is that the participants do the actions, they answer the questions and they share those answers and they share their accountability with their fellow course mates. Right. Okay. There's some, there's some homework involved. There's, there's you know, lots of, lots of homework. This is not a course for the, for the faint of heart. There's lots of homework 
and they're going to be getting feedback from their course mates like, mm, no, your niche is not clear or mm, your pricing doesn't quite feel right to me or mm, that name of that package doesn't, mm, I wouldn't buy that. Okay. Now, did the content for the course kind of stem from your, you know, hundreds of individual coaching conversations or where, where mm-hmm. did that stuff come from? Yeah. So I was just seeing the same patterns again and again, the same needs coming up again and again. Okay. Um, like people need to know the niche before they know what they're, you know, packaging and what they're pricing. And they need to know that before they get their website up and they need to. So there was just an order. And what was, I just remember so distinctly, I went and sat in a cafe with all my notes on this big, you know, big sheet of paper. And I just started kind of moving them around and being like, but what if that came first? And then what if that came next? And then oh, what happened for Marianne? Did she do that first? Or hmm, did Sarah do that bit before that bit? Oh yeah, that worked. So it was, you know, it was very real. This was not me sitting in my bath kind of theorizing. This was me reflecting on the sessions, making my notes. And then what happened was that first time that I ever ran the course back in 2010, each time the the module was finished, I would write that module up as a chapter in my book. So the course then became the book back then. Okay, cool. Yeah, it sounds like a natural progression just from, hey, here, this is what's going on in my conversations. So I see these are like the real problems that people are struggling with. Um, yeah. You know, here's a, here's a smart way to scale that up. And I really, really like that. Yeah. Um, so Karina, thanks so much for, for coming on the, the Side Hustle Show and sharing all this stuff. Really fascinating stuff. I wanted to kind of ask at this point, you know, maybe, there, maybe there's two answers to this. Like, so if mm-hmm. today, if you have an hour a day to just work on your business, how do you spend that time? And then maybe taking that back in and, and I guess you quit before it was even a side hustle, but you know, imagine you're doing this as a as a part time thing. How would you spend that time if there is a different answer? Mm, interesting. I mean, the the very most important thing is actually delivering great service. So actually doing the job really well. But if I'm going to assume that you mean we're already doing that, kind of an, and like an extra <laughs> that part so, that part's if, assumed, right? <laughs> yeah, that, if that's assumed, if you're you're doing the work, then. Um, and, and um, so let me just make it really clear. So at one point I did then have part-time work. So I was actually doing this as a side hustle. Okay, okay. Um, I was doing youth work and I was doing my English tutoring as I trained as a coach and then I built it in. So there was a moment for me where I had to give up the part-time job and be like, woo, I'm going full-time now. Nice. Full-time side hustler. <laughs> full-time side hustler. <laughs> Central hustler. Um, so for me, um, uh, if number one is delivering the actual service, Number two is going to be a combo of doing research and blogging. So doing research, I mean, having conversations with people who you think might be your prospective clients, finding out what they need, finding out where they are, finding out what they've been trying to um, to resolve the situation and how well that's been working so that you can really see your gap in the market. And then let's say I did a research interview on the Monday. On the Tuesday, I'd then be writing a blog that speaks to that challenge. So my main marketing would be my blog and what I'm doing to get ideas for my blog would be the research. Okay. And then hopefully I start getting the clients and then I'm doing the, the having the clients alongside that. Right. It's a, it's a funnel. It's, it's a, you know, a marathon, not a sprint, especially on the, the blog front, you know, every, yes. if you can gain a, a few readers every week, you know, over time it compounds and then that's, I guess that's the path that I'm going down. So hopefully it continues yeah. to work. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's so true that it's a marathon being persistent especially and I love you know I love that this is a a side a side hustle for so many people because that's really brave and it's really exciting to know that you can build something up on the side you just need to work really smart 
that's what it's all about. That's what we aim to aim to do. And by sharing, you know, sharing your story, you're helping people down that path. So everyone check Karina out at youinspiremeco.uk and we'll wrap up with your number one tip for the Side Hustle Nation listeners. Mm, because it's a side hustle, you have to be really alert to overwhelm. And what I would love for you to, to, to know is that overwhelm is a choice that no one can do it to you. No one can make you overwhelmed. If you're choosing to do this as a side hustle, you it's in completely in your power to choose sanity above all else. So when you feel that overwhelm, just close your eyes, take a breath, kind of push the world back a bit because you being in a peaceful and clear-headed space is absolutely in your power and it's going to help you make the best decisions to work smart to get your side hustle really off the ground. I like it. I like it. Karina, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. There it is, guys. What do you think? Really interesting tidbit right there at the end. I was expecting her to say something like, start blogging today or double your prices. But being aware of your stress and your overwhelm is something I was surprised to hear. But it makes total sense. You know, Whatever situation you're in, you have the choice how to react to it. If you're stressed out beyond belief, that's not healthy. And maybe it makes sense to dial things back a little bit. I remember back in high school and <laughs> looking back, it's like, why was I so, did this stuff even matter? But when I was crazy stressed out about some you know, project or paper or test, like if I could force myself to go to the pool and swim for an hour, that was my stress relief. I would come back with a much clearer head and be able to tackle what needed to get done. Um, so sometimes we do just need to step away. And I don't know, maybe that doesn't sound like like hustling, but you've got to take care of yourself. I don't think any amount of money is worth wrecking your quality of life for. Um, so anyways, that's my two cents. And thank you, Karina, for sharing that. Again, a special PDF with, uh, with Karina's reversed engineered uh, blogging strategy and all my notes from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 65. Head over there, download it for free. And until next time, go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you next week in episode 66. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.